Welcome back, folks, to Review and Preview. My name is Tom Scavetta, and once again joined by returning guest, Amin Kasawi. Amin, welcome back. How are you doing? Awesome wildcard weekend. Uh, what caught your eye? Uh, what surprised you? How's it going? I'm doing well, uh, Tom. Always a pleasure to talk to you about sports. Um, wow. When you talk about those games, it was, it was as always, you know, the NFL playoffs are, ne- they never disappoint. Um, all the home teams won, but one, even though I thought uh, going in, I thought the Texans were the underdog. Uh, so did the, the betting lines, but they absolutely obliterated the Browns. What caught my eye the most is obviously the NFC East. Being a New Yorker, being a Giants fan, it gave me a lot of pleasure to watch the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles absolutely not show up. I, I mean, those two games shocked me. The Cowboys won a little more because going in, the Eagles had been struggling, lost five of six entering the playoffs, I believe. So the wheels were coming off, but you still said, all right, they're playing the Bucks. The Bucks haven't, you know, they were one game over 500. They, they're going to get it together. And they did not. They absolutely no showed in that game from the first ball to the last second of the game. The Buccaneers, for lack of a better word, the Buccaneers kicked their ass. That's what happened in that game. You look at the Cowboys game, the Cowboys steamroll into the playoffs. They're the favorite. They're playing a, a Packers team that just barely limped in. And the, they're leading in the blink of an eye, 26 to 0 in Dallas. An unbelievable performance by Jordan Love in his first playoff game. You talk about the shoes he has to fill going way back. Bart Starr, Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers, this lineage of amazing Packers quarterbacks. And I didn't think he was cut from that same cloth, honestly. But after that last weekend, I changed my mind. He is amazing. And that game, that, that's going to launch him going forward uh, in Green Bay. Uh, Dallas, what can you say about them? Uh, I saw today that uh, McCarthy is going to be returning. I didn't expect that. I thought this would be the end for Mike McCarthy, but hey, Jerry Jones, I guess, wants to keep him around. Three twelve win seasons, but something has got to change in Dallas. But uh, those are the two games that really caught my eye the most. How about you? As a Giants fan, I love that um, McCarthy coming back because it's just mediocrity or above average at its finest. Um, I know you were very high on Dak last week. Um, I, I kept my opinion a little bit to myself there, but my opinion on Dak and McCarthy are a little bit different. I don't think Dallas will ever win a championship under McCarthy as head coach and Dak as their quarterback um, for reasons that we've seen in the playoffs the last few years. You know, Dak looks like borderline regular season MVP, and then he becomes the Dak Prescott we've seen in previous years in the playoffs, just throwing interceptions, making bad reads. The pick six, I think it was to Nixon or whatnot, um, I mean, it was atrocious, and it was very pleasant to see as a Giants fan. Um, Not only was this Dallas's first loss of the season at home, they are the first seven, they are the first two seed to lose to a seven seed in the 14 team playoff format. Jordan Love has a healthy Aaron Jones back, a healthy Luke Musgrave at tight end. It really um, was impressive. And about C.J. Stroud, man, uh, three touchdown passes. He didn't have to throw the ball all that much. Stroud becomes the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game for the Houston Texans. I did not see this coming. Joe Flacco threw two pick sixes. The Browns, one of the best defenses in the league, had zero sacks. 
on C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, we saw the Goff-Stafford Bowl where the Lions win their first playoff game in 32 years, of course. Um, you know, the Bills and the Steelers with that snow game and the Bucks undressing the Eagles. And finally, somebody stopping the tush push. I think the Bucks did it once in the regular season, too. But, I mean, the first time seen on national television. So, um, I mean, I did want to ask you a question before we um, – or actually a couple before we move on, and these are in relation to this past weekend's game games. Um, as far as Stafford and Goff, we know this trade went down a couple years ago. Um, this might be a silly question to ask two years later, but who do you think won – the Stafford Goff trade. Mm, and you, you can question. put, you can put an asterisk to this answer. Well, the asterisk would be if I could look into the future in a couple more weeks and see where the lions end up. But if right now you would have to say the Rams because they got a super bowl out of it. Uh, that, and the Lions beat them in the playoffs this season. So there is that component and the lions, uh, favor and they're the ones going on winning that playoff game you could tell how much it meant to golf like in the locker room after the game he was celebrating more than the year he won the nfc championship and went to the super bowl and lost to the patriots he was over the moon so but you have to give it to the rams also because they won the super bowl but also they've got nakua who set all sorts of records even in that game what a performance from that rookie going forward stafford's gonna have him Kyron Williams, they'll get maybe a couple more weapons. And as you see in this era with uh, quarterbacks getting staying in the league at older ages, I think Rodgers is 40. He's coming back. No sign that he's going to be retiring anytime soon. Obviously, Brady is the linchpin at 45 when he went when he retired. Stafford's got a lot more years, too. So I think with the weapons and such, and then he has the better head coach. McVay is the better head coach than Campbell at this point, at least. I would say that they won, but asterisk as you said let's see what happens with golf he can get the super bowl this year it's a push so let's see what happens yeah look the rams definitely won that trade in the short term um you know getting stafford getting the pieces you know they did lose a lot of first round draft picks though second round picks as well but they've compensated nicely with the additions of kyron williams puka nakua players on offense that could make impacts long term it might be the lions but we'll have to see um again the rams definitely won the trade but, you know, getting that Super Bowl, which is what they want. Now, my second question for you before we get into our divisional round preview, we know for a fact that Mike McCarthy is safe, but Nick Sirianni's future has yet to be determined. It's looking like he's making a pitch to Howie Roseman at the time of his at the time of this recording. Um, should Nick Sirianni be safe and will he? He should not. Um, this one I'm a hundred percent on because of how the Eagles are. I'm going on their history. Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl, the only Super Bowl that that franchise had ever won. They've been around since the '30s. They win the Super Bowl. Two years later, he's got he has two bad seasons, and they fire him. Fire the Super Bowl winning head coach. This guy went to the Super Bowl, sure, but didn't win it. And this year, they absolutely fell apart at the end, and it's his fault. He changed the coordinators, and you could right away from that moment forward, the team started just looking like this weird 
who is this team? They were 10 and one. And now suddenly they're losing. Uh, even I love my giants, but they're losing to the giants who weren't good this year. They're losing to all these, the, the Cardinals Murray lights them up. It's like, what happened here? So, Sirianni should absolutely not be safe if, based on their track record. If if you're another team, if you were coaching the Cardinals and they go to the Super Bowl one year and they flake out the next, no, you don't fire him. Because it's Philly, because it's this rabid fan base that they have, he should not be safe. And I don't see them being good next year. They're, they're gonna, Kelsey looks like he's going to retire. The look on his face after the game, it just it seemed like the end for him. It's hard to replace a all-world caliber center. Hertz and Goddard were getting at each other on the sideline, yelling at each other. The team couldn't make any tackles. My 10-year-old nephew could have tackled better than them in that game. So, no, I don't think he should be safe. Yeah, um, I do think, you know, the coordinator should take some blame as well. But remember, this is his offense. This is his offense. And, I mean... He's kind of not the best spoken guy in these interviews as well. He's swearing all the time. You know, like, don't get me wrong. All due respect, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and that is great at times, but in other times it could hurt you. And uh, Nick Sirianni, it's interesting. Now, people have said to play devil's advocate, if Matt Eberflus is safe, Nick Sirianni should certainly be safe. Um but again, a lot of Eagles fans want Bobby Slowick. I, I know a couple of Eagles fans at work, they are very high on the Texans' offensive coordinator, despite only being 37 and being there for one year. They would love to see him come in and replace Nick Sirianni, which is crazy to even think about. But do I think Nick Sirianni will be safe? I do. He should not be, but I think he will be. I think, again, unfortunately, the coordinators will probably pay the price for Sirianni's downfall this season. But we'll see what happens. And that's looking good for our Giants, man. You know, Dallas and Philly, a little bit of turmoil. Washington starting over. Who knows? I mean, who knows? We just need to draft a quarterback this year. We've got to get a good quarterback in there. We'll definitely see what happens this offseason. But moving on, let's get into our divisional round preview. There are eight teams remaining in the dance. I mean, and the first team we're going to talk about is the 11 and seven. Now based off last week's win, Houston Texans taking on the number one seed Baltimore Ravens who had the first round by, they finished the year 13 and four, really 13 and three. Um, they did bench most of their starters in week 18 against Pittsburgh. They're favored by nine points. These teams met back in week one, the Ravens won 25 to nine. That was CJ Stroud's first, career start he did not look excellent in that game but i mean this is a baltimore offense that is first in rushing in the national football league they're first in points per games they've scored 31 plus in six out of their last seven last seven games and as impressive as houston looked last week against the browns defense i don't know how the heck houston stops baltimore on saturday afternoon yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, the Ravens, the bye, I think, helps them a lot. One, the main reason I think it helps them is they might get Andrews back. Uh, and he still leads the team in receptions, even though he's missed a ton of time with injury. So if they get him back, that's another weapon. You know, they were doing all this without him. They just looked so good in that second half of the season. You know, they, they have a 13-4 and record, but they really, which is a great record, obviously, but they really came on at the end. They were so impressive down the stretch. 
they're seeking their first AFC appearance since 2012, which was the year they won the Super Bowl with the AFC championship game appearance since 2012. Uh, they won the Super Bowl that year. That was Ray Lewis's last ride. That was uh, Joe Flacco, amazing playoff run. They've lost their last three divisional playoff games, um, two of them with Lamar. So I'm not. it's not just ancient history. Uh, Lamar Jackson, one in three in the playoffs, uh, has not advanced past the divisional round, and he's been bad in the playoffs. There's no way around it. Uh, a 41 total QBR, which is second worst in the playoffs, in, since he's been in the league in four games is enough of a stretch to see something, you know, you know, I think back to Peyton Manning in his early career, he struggled in the playoffs, and then he turned it around. So Lamar could do it. And if, if he's going to do it, this is the game, you know, he's three, and zero versus the Texans in his entire career. He's the MVP favorite this season. He set career highs in completion, completion percentage, passing yards and yards per attempt this season. So he's, you know, he's been the man. Whether you think he's the MVP or not is, you know, you can debate, but I think he's going to win it. Uh, the Texans, on the other hand, are hot. That playoff game was incredible, that performance. Uh, C.J. Stroud actually put up the third highest passer rating in NFL playoff history, which is wild to think about because he's a rookie. The fourth we saw the day after was Jordan Love, so a, grace, a crazy day for uh, NFL quarterbacks. But in this one, you got – the Texans, who they beat the Browns, who were first in the league in total defense, right? Well, now they're playing the Ravens, who are first in the league in total scoring defense. Can they beat the team that allows the few the, the fewest yards and then the fewest points in back-to-back weeks? That is a tall task to ask of a rookie quarterback and of a very young team and a rookie head coach. If they do, CJ would become the first quarterback to win multiple playoff games uh, as a rookie. C.J. Stroud uh, could, excuse me, become the sixth rookie to start a conference championship game, and he would join some elite company, Flacco, Roethlisberger, Purdy, last year, obviously, and we'll talk about him later. But when it comes down to it, I just can't see the Ravens not doing, like, laying an egg again, like a few years ago. Lamar, they had the first seed back in 2019, his first MVP season. They had the bye, and then they lose the Titans at home in the first game. The Titans were no juggernaut that season. Um, I just think they're too good on both ends of the field. Like you mentioned, their offense is going to be hard to stop. But their defense, they have such terrific defense this season. Finished uh, leading the league and as I mentioned, scoring defense, 16 points. But also first in takeaways, first in sacks. That's just an all-around strong defense. That means they're good at every level. I, I definitely think the Texans will make a game of this. Uh, I, I don't see nine points uh, that the Ravens are favored by happening, but I can see this game. I see this game going to the Ravens. I would say 20, 20 to 13. All right. Um, yeah, look, I mean, the Ravens are just really solid. I mean, Gus Edwards has really carried the load this year, 13 touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see him go up against those Houston uh, front seven guys. Texans defense allowed just 3.3 yards per carry to backs this year, first in the NFL. I mean, linebackers like Christian Harris and Blake Cashman have really showed up. For Houston to have a shot in this game, they have to get pressure. Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Greenard have to get pressure on Lamar Jackson. Um, but at the same time, 
if they don't get pressure, these corners will be tested. Outside of Derek Stingley, I don't know if I trust much else in the secondary at this time. Stingley allowed just one catch this week. You want to throw it in the other direction. Um, Mark Andrews practiced in full today, which was very wow. impressive to see. But even if he doesn't play, Isaiah Likely's fine. He's fine. And then you turn around to the defensive side of the ball, how stacked they are. Justin Matabuk had 13 sacks, second-team All-Pro. Roquan Smith, 158 tackles, first-team All-Pro. Uh, Patrick Queen, 133 stops, second-team All-Pro. And then second-year safety Kyle Hamilton, who had four picks, first-team All-Pro. Denard Wilson's getting defensive coordinator interviews with teams like the Giants. I mean, that's how good he is. Geno Stone had seven picks. Their secondary's elite. And Brandon Stevens has stepped up nicely, too. And they even revitalized the career to an extent for Jadavion Clowney. Nine and a half sacks yeah. this year. They got veterans back there. Clowney, Van Noy have uh, been phenomenal. I'm going Baltimore here, but I do think Houston will give them a fight. I think D'Amico Ryans will have his team ready. But all in all, Baltimore is just a better football team. They're at home. You know, eventually Lamar Jackson will get over that playoff spell that he's in. And yeah, so we're one for one. As far as covering that nine point spread, I'm not sure about that. I think 24 17 or 16 is a safer score for me personally. Um, Ravens also, uh, if they do win, even though they've won two Super Bowls, they've never hosted the, an AFC championship game. So they would, that would be a first for them. They just got to take care of business here. I did not know that. Even in uh, the, the year they beat us in 35, they were on the road for that one. No. They were, yeah, they won the AFC Championship really? at Tennessee that year. Yep. Crazy to even think about, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, moving on to Saturday night's matchup the Green Bay Packers 10 and 8 at the San Francisco 49ers 12 and 5. Frisco favored by nine. You know, Brock Purdy at quarterback this year, I mean, first in the NFL in yards per completion. He's been phenomenal. Christian McCaffrey, a scoring machine, first team all pro. Talk to me. Start with you here. What are your overall thoughts on the surface here? So the first thing I go to with this game are the coaches. Matt LaFleur versus Kyle Shanahan. And these two coaches have so much history. First of all, they're, uh, uh, Shanahan is the offensive coordinator in Houston back in 06 to 08. And his quality control assistant on offense is LaFleur. Then he goes to Washington as the offensive coordinator. Brings LaFleur. Then he goes to Atlanta, that MVP season that Ryan had, Matt Ryan, LaFleur and Shanahan were there. So they've been together for so, from three different franchises, and now they're head coaches for the Packers and 49ers. They've played in the playoffs twice. Shanahan won both times. Can the, men, the mentee beat the mentor? Finally. You saw last week what kind of head coach Matt LaFleur is because his game plan against the Cowboys was incredible. He is an, a genius offensively. But he's got to get over the hump with his uh, the guy who maybe taught him everything he knows. You mentioned Brock Purdy, zero interceptions in his three starts last year in the playoffs. Was ten and zero until he got injured in the NFC Championship game against Philly this year. Twelve and five, just a real impressive young quarterback, and he is backed up by a great defense and weapons everywhere. And Shanahan is just as good of an offensive wizard as. LaFleur is so it's going to be really interesting to see how these two the chess match between the coaches and how they go uh, how they try to outthink their opponent here the 49ers 
220 rushing yards per game and nine rushing touchdowns in their last four playoff games against the Packers. A lot of those were in recent years. And this year, the Packers, 28th in rushing yards per game allowed. They allow 128. So if that ground game gets chugging along early with McCaffrey, it's going to be a long, long day for Green Bay. As you mentioned, McCaffrey led the NFL in rushing almost 1,500 yards. However, an NFL rushing leader has not reached the Super Bowl since 1998 with Terrell Davis of the Broncos. He was the MVP that year. They won the Super Bowl. But 1998, a lot of people watching this probably weren't even born. And so that's a quite a long time. Can he buck that trend? Uh, George Kittle, you know, he's got a he's, he was good in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he has not been good historically. In nine career playoff games, 38 yards per game, one touchdown receiving that's you think of him you would not think those are his numbers can he get off the schneid and if that running game gets going early with McCaffrey he's going to get some opportunities because the Packers uh, secondary is going to have to come on up so the Packers are looking to be the first team to be two of the top three scoring offenses in a playoffs the Cowboys are ranked first 49ers are third that would be hella impressive for a team that like I mentioned earlier just snuck into the playoffs no one really saw much for the Packers until they got hot in the tail end of the season, Jordan Love, he already has done something that Favre and Rodgers haven't hadn't done, which is win his first playoff game. Can he win his first two playoff games? That would be really an incredible story, especially if he beats this 49ers number one ranked, uh, number one seeded NFC team on the road. 99 total QBR in the wild card, best by best since the metric was invented in 06. Aaron Jones has eight career playoff touchdowns. Last week, I picked the Cowboys, and I was dead wrong. I want to pick the 49ers, but what I saw from that Packers was so impressive that uh, I may come to regret this pick, but I'm going with the Packers. I think LaFleur is going to understand the past, how how he lost to Shanahan in the first two games in the playoffs, uh, 19 and 21. So this is 23. They've played each other on you know every two years in the postseason. I think he's going to come up with something to hold McCaffrey in place. If they can hold McCaffrey in place and get on Purdy, you know, test Purdy, make this guy who's only in his second year have to beat you the way Love beat the Cowboys last week. Can he do that? I don't. I we've seen Purdy do great things, but this is high pressure playoff situation. Last year, he didn't have uh, this kind of high pressure on him in the postseason because it was his first year. You know, it was house money. This year, they're the first seed; they're expected to win. I think Lafleur is going to figure out a way to ride this wave, and Jordan Love is going to have another awesome game and pull this one out. If they do. It would be an incredible achievement for the Packers. They're nine-point underdogs now. If that spread goes up to 10 before game time, it would be the only the second time in NFL history that a quarterback beat two teams that he on the road that he was a 10-point or more underdog to. The only other man to do it, Eli Manning in 2007, who did it in three straight games. So let's see if it can happen. I am going to pick the Packers to upset the 49ers in San Francisco by a score of 23 to 20. Oh, that's a bold prediction. I mean, and I like it. I like it a lot. Um, the Packers 
were very impressive last week. They nearly put up a 50 piece on the Cowboys. Um, you mentioned one stat though, that really caught my attention. Um, the rushing for San Francisco, you know, Green Bay was not tested much against the run last week against Dallas and the Packers struggle covering tight ends. We know George Kittle historically has struggled in the playoffs, but it doesn't take away the fact that he is a first team all pro this year. First time Kelsey hasn't gotten that in a while, but I mean, you still got Ayuk who made second team all pro this year and Debo Samuel, who's pretty much like a, a mini gadget there. And then you have, the centerpiece with McCaffrey scoring 21 touchdowns on the year. But defensively for Frisco is where it gets impressive, but where I think Jordan Love will really be tested is going up against Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Traverius Ward, and Demondre Lenore. Those guys are phenomenal. Nick Bose is healthy, led the league in quarterback hits this year. Uh, you know, he'll be going up against the Packers tackle room, which has not been great without David Bakhtiari. And then for Frisco, it's going to be interesting to see Javon Hargrave up the middle with seven sacks on the season. Um, you know, Aaron Jones has rushed for 110 or more in four straight games. I think the 49ers offset and pull this one off. So I'm going the other way here. San Francisco, uh, I'm going to go 27 to 24. And that's my prediction. I think the Packers keep it close. And I think they do surprise some people in this game. But um you have the guts to pull off that upset, so we'll definitely see what happens with that one. Um, by the way, we were both three and three last week, so hopefully we do better this week. Finish above five hundred in our prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving on, I don't want to say I don't, I don't want to dog this game. I, I really don't. I think both of these teams do deserve to be here. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that the Bucks are in by default, but. I mean, they didn't just beat the Eagles like we predicted. I mean, as bad as the Eagles have looked, did you think 32 to 9 was a realistic possibility? No. Not a no. chance. I thought, you know, the Bucks might squeak it out at home. I, I didn't see them just thumping them for 60 minutes. Which they did. And it's because of the play of Baker Mayfield and that defense, um, you know, stopping the run. So. Baker last week looked phenomenal. He had three touchdown passes. Um, these teams did play back in week six, and they also played back in 1997 in their only postseason matchup. The Bucks beat the Lions 20-10 to in the 1997 wildcard round. Um, back in week six this season, though, the Bucks only scored six points, and I think you know one trend that's going to work against Tampa – there's been games this year where they've been unable to score. Going up against that Lions defense will be a tall task. The Bucs were just 2-for-12 on third down in that game, and we saw the secondary struggle against Devontae Smith last week. He had 148 yards. They have to get pressure on Jared Goff. Um, the Bucs have the third-highest blitz rate in the NFL. Well, Jared Goff has six picks against the Blitz this year. That's second most in the NFL, so – you know, they have to focus on Amon Ross St. Brown. But even then, if he's not there, the Lions still have Sam Laporta, who actually I thought looked pretty good this week considering his injury. And the Bucks have allowed over 1,000 yards to tight ends on the season. Uh, not a friendly stat for a team left in the final eight for sure. And then you have Josh Reynolds. You know, Bucks are very good against running backs. Um 
My key matchup, I mean, is Luke Godecki at right tackle going up against Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson was phenomenal last week. You know, Luke Godecki allowed seven sacks this season at right tackle. So I'm intrigued to see if Hutchinson can get to the quarterback. And if Baker is under pressure, he typically has a negative game script. You know, they have to find ways to get Rashad White and Mike Evans involved. Um, We know for the Lions' sake, Cam Sutton really struggled against Puka Nakua last week. If Mike Evans can, you know, catch the football, unlike what he did last week, and, you know, if Baker can get him the football, Tampa has a chance. But right now, I have the Lions pulling this one out. Um, I'm not so sure if they cover six and a half, but they definitely win outright. I have Detroit winning uh, 34 to 20. All right, so we're going to go opposite sides again. I love it. I'm, I, I think the Bucks are going to win this game. This is I'm with you. It's not the game I'm the most excited about, but it's the pick I'm most confident in, actually, because Jared Goff has thrown has has seven turnovers when blitzed, including the playoffs this season. Second most to Jalen Hurts in the league. And as you mentioned, the Bucks, the third highest blitz percentage. And this is a Bucks defense that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Tom Brady. It's this. It's a lot of the same players. David Winfield on the outside. I think they're going to put – they're just going to blitz nonstop. And Goff is going to have to make some plays. And I don't think – if you ask me, who's, is he a better quarterback than they are a defense? I would say no. I think the Bucks are – that home win against the Eagles, it's going to give them some kind of juice. And the Lions, they have a good record. They're home. It's a feel-good story. You know, a lot of good vibes with them. They haven't been to the NFC Championship since 1991 which was like Barry Sanders' second or third year in the league, but I don't see them getting there this year, which is crazy to me that I'm picking that the NFC Championship game is going to be Bucks at Packers. Or would it be Packers at Bucks or who was the higher seed? The Bucks. So I, it's crazy to me to think that the Bucks would be hosting the NFC Championship game at 10 and 8 or 11 and 8 if they win this one. Um, but I just think they're too good for the Lions and the, the momentum. The Lions did beat the Rams, but it was a tight game. And, you know, the Buccaneers are outscoring their opponents by 39 points off turnovers this season. And I think they're going to get some. I think they're going to make Goff make mistakes. And he, he's a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. But he is not someone I trust in a big situation like this. I think getting the monkey off his back of beating the Rams was more of a you know, oh, like, oh, that's over with. Now I can relax. I don't think it's going to give him juice to want to do more, so to speak. I think he's going to struggle in this one. And I think that's going to be the reason that uh, the Bucks are going to win. The Lions are allowing uh, 88 rushing yards per game, which is the second lowest in the NFL. But they're also allowing eight yards per pass attempt, including the playoffs, which is the second worst in the NFL. So they're good against the rush, bad against the pass. And I think Mayfield has got, he's got some, you know, that Oklahoma Mayfield vibes going right now. He's, he's brash. He's arrogant. And they all, they all say when he's like that, he plays his best. Mike Evans is nasty. Godwin is nasty. And I get that they played a absolutely ridiculously bad Eagles team last week. And they took advantage of that. But I think they're going to have such high energy going into this one. And I think the Bucs are going to beat the Lions by a final score, 27 to 13. 
I think they're going to shut him out. Wow. We just basically analyzed two different completely game scripts for this game. <laughs> I have the Lions beating the Bucks by multiple possessions. Amin has it the other way around. And I'm going to be honest with you, Amin, a, a more, the more you talked about it and really broke it down, the more you convinced me saying, hey, this might not go in Detroit's favor like everyone's anticipating. You know, like it is Baker Mayfield, yeah, but you're right. It's a lot of the same players. And, you know, three years ago, it was Bucks, Packers, NFC title game. It was Rodgers and Brady. But imagine it's Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. That would be incredible and terrible for ratings. But oh I, would my God, yeah. I would love it. Um, actually, you know, three of these teams left aren't great for uh, TV purposes. Yeah. But uh, I even throw Detroit in there. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know what? I like this a lot. I do. I'm basing my game script off of what I've seen from Detroit this year. And honestly, they just blew out Philadelphia. Who says they can't beat Detroit by multiple possessions? Uh, definitely an interesting game for sure. I know you and I will probably be communicating about that one as I won't be able to watch that one live. But um, moving on to our final game of the divisional round weekend. The three seed chiefs go on the road. Patrick Mahomes is prepared to start his first career road playoff game against the Buffalo bills who are 12 and six. They've won six straight favored by three points. This is a rematch of that classic 2021 playoff game in Kansas city and the 2020 AFC championship game in Kansas city. So you see where I'm getting at here, Josh Allen, 0-2 against Mahomes in the playoffs, but 3-1 and against him in the regular season. These teams met a little over a month ago, week 14. Allen and Mahomes both didn't have the greatest games. Bill's on a six-game winning streak. Um, talk to me, I mean, start with you on this one. Who do you got winning this? This is definitely the game of the weekend for me. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think the NFL put it on. Um, it's the last game. Sunday, the main event. You'll know all the other teams who are into the championship round. Wow, this is a tough game to pick because you look at these two teams. And there's so many different factors. The Chiefs have the better quarterback. Allen is great, but Mahomes is better. And one thing I just want to say, everyone's been saying it's his first road playoff game. And technically it is. But he did play that Super Bowl against Tampa at Tampa. So there is, to me, that is a home game for the Bucs, and they did beat him uh, fairly handily in that game. So just wanted to throw that out there. But, yes, it is his first uh, official road game in the playoffs, which is crazy that he's played all these games in the playoffs and never had to go on the road. And to me, that's why I'm picking the Chiefs, actually. Everyone compares him to Tom Brady. Is he the next, you know, guy? Like, it's one thing to win Super Bowls. There's a lot of guys who win Super Bowls, even multiple Super Bowls. But there aren't a lot of guys who are compared to the greats. You know, as many as Eli won, too, no one ever said he's a Pantheon guy. Roethlisberger won, too, same thing. But with Mahomes, they do say that. To me, if you're Patrick Mahomes and it's your first ever road playoff game, you got to win. You got to make this happen. You cannot fold to a team that is basically a, not only is it a, a rival, but it's the other great quarterback in your conference, the guy you're usually compared to. And who wants to overtake you. And that's why I think Mahomes is going to come up big in this one. 
but by no means am I super confident in that pick. I think the Chiefs have been up and down this season. Even last week, you know, I mentioned when we did our picks last week, all the drops that they had this season. Last week, they host Miami again with the drops. Travis Kelsey, one of the most sure-handed players in the league, dropped some easy passes. So, And he hasn't been the only one. I mean, that team has been left and right dropping passes all year. If that becomes a story in this game, the Bills are going to chew them up because the Bills are at home. That Buffalo crowd is going to be absolutely outside of their minds wanting to beat this Chiefs team. And it comes down to the Chiefs' defense as well. You know, they have an average age of 25, one of the youngest in the defensive uh, units in the league, but one of the best. They really helped carry this team uh, into this playoff stretch. Mahomes, 12 career playoff wins, tied with Brady for the most in a, a quarterback's first seven seasons in the league. He has never lost in the wild card round. He has never lost in the divisional round. He's only lost in the Super Bowl or the championship round. So it would be a first if Buffalo can get to him. It's just hard to see. It's hard for me to pick against the Chiefs, but the Bills are as hot as they've been all year. You know, they're 7-1 and one in their last eight. They are they and scoring almost 30 points per game. Uh and, and they've been just looking fierce. They've they really turned it on at the right time. But I don't believe in them. And that's why I'm picking the Chiefs. Could the Chiefs lose? Yes. But I don't believe in Buffalo to win the big, big game. And this is as big as it gets for them. I just, you know, last year they lost in the same round to, to Cincinnati at home. Chiefs are better than Cincinnati. So as as, as hard as this one is to pick... I'm going with the Chiefs to win. It's going to be really cold. That won't affect either team. But in terms of points, I think that will be a factor. I'll say Chiefs 24, Bills 20. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's definitely going to be the game of the week. Mean just gave a, a very logical explanation there for Kansas City. Um the Bills O-line this year allowed the fewest sacks in the National Football League. You know, good additions of Osiris Torrance in the draft, Connor McGovern at left guard. Deion Dawkins has really improved his play. But the Chiefs have the second most sacks. The matchup I'm actually looking out for this week is George Karloftis against Spencer Brown. And this is a matchup that, oh, why, well, why are you talking about this? Karloftis had 10 and a half sacks this year in a sophomore NFL campaign against Spencer Brown, who allowed six sacks this year, the most of any Bills offensive lineman. So if there is a weakness to exploit on that line, it is Spencer Brown and his slow uh, foot movement on passing and third and long situations. Now, the Chiefs defense, look what they did to Tua and the Dolphins offense last week. I, I get it. Miami's not a cold-weather team. But Tua threw for over 200 yards. That doesn't just happen. You have to have a successful game plan for that to happen. They held Tyreek Hill to, I think it was 62 receiving yards. They gave up the one big play to him for the touchdown, but that was it. And they held the Dolphins to one for 12 on third down. They only allow the Chiefs defense 17.3 points per game this year. I believe that's second best in the league. Um, Gabe Davis did not play last week for Buffalo. There were times, I mean, last week where I thought to myself, Pittsburgh's in this game. Like, they're not going to go down without a fight. But for me, 
it's Buffalo's linebacking core that really concerns me. Terrell Bernard got lost last week. Uh, brutal injury for him. McDermott says there's hope for Sunday. He is day-to-day. Um, Bale Inspector also left with a pack injury, so that led Buffalo down to A.J. Klein and third-round rookie Dorian Williams, who actually played really, really well. Um and the Chiefs' line is good too, like Buffalo. You know, I mentioned the Bills have allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL. Well, guess what? The Chiefs have allowed the second fewest sacks in the NFL. But um, the key for me in Week 14, Ed Oliver abused Joe Tooney. It was bad, and I just don't know. As good as Mahomes is, who outside of Rasheed Rice is going to make a play? It has to be Travis Kelsey. He had three drops last week, but who else can you trust out of this Chiefs receiving core to make a play for you? If the Bills really zero in on Rasheed Rice, okay, you know, Kelsey will get his stuff over the middle of the field. But is that enough? Is that enough? I'm not so sure. Um, I'm going Buffalo. I know I just pretty much talked Buffalo down a lot in that segment, but Realistically speaking, um, if you take Mahomes off this roster, I think Buffalo wins easily. Um, But Mahomes is the one fighting chance that the Chiefs have. Um, I have the Bills winning in overtime, 31 Mm. to 28. Wow. I like it. I like it. So one of us are trying to think. We pick different for three games which means one of us could go 0-4 this week Absolutely. if if, uh, if Baltimore doesn't win. So <laughs> <laughs> we better hope Baltimore wins. That That's for damn sure. Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, this was great. Week. I mean, I, yeah. always great talking with you, man. Divisional weekend is the most exciting one to me because it's, you know, championship weekend, there's only two games. Super exciting, but there's only two this is the weekend where it's four games. It's the elite of the elite. Uh, if you're an NFL or a football fan in general, this is one of the best times of the year. And I can't wait for this weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you next week. And hopefully I'm not all in four with some of my picks. Folks, this is makeup for six for six last week. Uh, we definitely planned this out for you. We really didn't. But, um, I mean, you're awesome as always. Um, where can people find you and your work? Sure. So uh, I am a sports content researcher at ESPN. But if you want to follow me on my Instagram, that's where I post all my interviews, clips, all that kind of stuff. It is uh, at Amin, which is one A, three M's, four I's. No, wait, let me say that again. Two M's, three I's, four N's, one E. If, If that makes sense. Next time I'll have it written down. There you go. Perfect. Hey, there you go. You can follow me on Instagram at Amin, Amin. spelled like that. Tom is a wizard coming through in the clutch. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you can follow me. Appreciate you, Amin, as always. We'll have to have you back next week for the conference championship round. Uh, Definitely excited for that. Folks, if you like what you watch, make sure to check out Amin on Instagram there. That is at Amin, two M's, three I's. Four N's and one E. Uh, And if for some reason you like what you watch today and want to come back next week, make sure to check us out at Review and Preview on our social media platforms or our link tree with all the links attached at Review and Preview Sports. 
I mean, once again, thank you so much, folks. If you're watching, hope you enjoy the Divisional Round weekend, and we will catch you all next week.